Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Oh, are we on? We uh, are on. Okay. Uh, well, hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast. Uh, to, we've been working this whole month through the uh, heretical uh, views of Calvinism and that was sarcasm in case you didn't know all right so we've worked our way through total depravity unconditional election limited or definite atonement depending on how you want to word that uh and this week is irresistible grace so can god be resisted can is his grace so good that you just can't resist it uh even if you wanted to or uh, do you have the power to say no and resist God? Now, every one of these things kind of builds on the other. So if one of these things is true, it kind of makes sense that the next one is true and then the next one. So um, if you if you totally disagree with this, then you're probably going to totally disagree with uh, the other stuff. So anyway, irresistible grace. What do you think, Michael? Is he uh, resistible or not? Um, no. All right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I wanted to use that before. You've done that before. So, hey, <clears throat> no. All right. So, um, <laughs> I feel so bad for throwing all these at you and the other times that now it's me. <laughs> uh, so, no, 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 no. He's not. I don't see how you could reasonably say that he is resistible and still be God. Um, the reason, for example, that my wife can resist this charm is because I'm not God. Like, uh, <laughs> like, no, don't lie. We all know Christina can't resist that charm. I just, though. I just throw her the. Yeah, just give her the look. Look, yeah. I don't think that's the look. I've been told, totally has nothing to do with this. Apparently, I have a certain smile I do when I'm genuinely smiling, that um, she likes that I I can't reproduce, and I've tried for years to. I mean, we're going on. We're going on 20 years of me trying to reproduce the smile. I can't do it. So this is the best I got. And y'all can't resist that. Um, just like you can't resist God's grace. So oh, good. Way to, way to tie that in. That's good. There you go. Um, I think here's the thing. We'll get into verses here in a minute. Um, so saying that is saying that this is all totally my opinion, but I think it's based on what we're about to read. Um, to say that you can resist God's grace is to say that, I mean, logically if we're following this back logically is saying that you can resist the creator of the universe himself so he says hey i'm drawing you and you're like i'd rather not like, <laughs> it just it just seems it just seems so dumb to me that that you have the power within you that if he stood in front of you and said come on that you're going to be able to say no like clearly in the Bible and other, okay, so here, so angels come to people and they poop themselves. All right. Now this isn't, this isn't them even agreeing or disagreeing with the angel. They're just like, ah, like that's our reaction to an angel. So if God himself, I mean, that's another created being. The yeah. Angel, yeah. And that's how we react to an angel. So if God himself came to us, we're all like, nah, we, we're good. Like that just seems, 
I don't see how logically you can work that out in your brain. So that's, that's that. Now, obviously there's some verses here too. We've got, uh, uh, by the way, let me say at this point, Rob has done a lot of the backbone of all of these episodes as far as the verses of the research. So kudos to him on that. Uh, the real pastor in the room here. Uh, I just put chips on the shelf and speak occasionally. Not now, though, because no one wants you to come to their church when coronavirus is out. So, yeah, this is true. Um, so anyway, we got a, a few verses here. Would you like to, um, to, to, to maybe do a few of those or you want me to jump sure. off? Okay. Uh, yeah, so the, the whole idea, right, of, of irresistible grace uh, really boils back down to like many of these things, your your view of God and your view of man, and um, and and some Armenians would say, no, no, God is all sovereign and all powerful, and it was a sovereign choice for Him to give you choice and free will to do as you please. Um, so, in in some ways, we all believe God is sovereign. It's <laughs> yeah. it's just a term that's kind of been coined by the Calvinist camp. So, excuse me, but um, the, the idea that you can resist God's grace, I think is uh, those people who resist God's grace are people who haven't tasted God's grace. And I think that is, um, that is a clear kind of thing that can be inferred from all of the points of Calvinism, all of the things that we've talked about specifically, um, is this idea that R.C. Sproul put it like this one time. He, he said in a, a sermon or a lecture or something, I forget, but he said um, that how it actually works. Now, God, God doesn't cause you to sin as much as the, the a more accurate picture of Calvinism and of, of biblical theology, I think, um, is that uh, when people sin and people do abominable things and people do terrible things, it's simply because God lifted his hands and gave them free choice. And 100% of the time, we'll talk about this next week, um, but 100% of the time, if God gives me a choice between God and me, between living for him and living for me, a hundred percent of the time without God's help, I'm living for me. Uh, 100% of the time I'm choosing me, I'm choosing sin, I'm choosing rebellion and whatever stuff I want to do to satisfy me. Um, so, uh, that, that's kind of the, the backbone of the view. John chapter six, and we mentioned this in a, a previous episode. And I said, we'd probably use these verses again. And here we go. Yeah, so irresistible grace, the, the idea that if God is calling you uh, to be one of the elect, if he's, if he's seducing you, for lack of a better way to put it, like if he's doing uh, active work to draw you to him, you cannot then say, no, 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 I'm not interested. Um, and so John 6, 37 to 39 says this. This is uh, Jesus talking. So God <laughs> talking um, said, all that the father gives me will come to me. You could stop the whole episode there if you wanted, right? All that the father gives me will come to me. No question. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. That's next week. For I have come down from heaven, 
not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me that all uh, that of all he has uh, given me, I lose nothing but raise it up on the last day. So all that the father gives me will come to me. Okay. God is the one who gives. God is the one who saves. God is the one who calls. And if God calls, they will come to Christ. Period. Jesus Christ himself says it there. Um, then in uh, just a few verses later, uh, it's still Jesus talking, verses 44 and 45. He says this, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. So that, that speaks to an earlier episode, actually, yeah. the, the whole idea that there is total depravity and you are dead in your trespasses and you have no option, no longing, not even for one second will you ever say, I want God, which is why when people say, I found God, I get what they're saying, but that's not biblical. Like you weren't looking yeah. for God, right? You were looking for anything to please you and fill you up, right? And God um, called you, right? So no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. Okay. So we have already a picture of God drawing someone. Okay. Um, and I will raise him up on the last day. So that's pretty confident statement from Jesus that if God draws someone to him, he will raise him up on the last day, meaning he is mine. Right. Uh, and then Jesus quotes um, from the prophets a little bit. He says, it is written in the prophets and they shall be taught of God. Or they shall all be taught of God. And then Jesus says, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me, period. So there's a lot only in John. The, all of these scriptures are from John, except for uh, one, and it'll be used to uh, kind of negate this stuff a little bit but um then john 6 65 same chapter verse 65 he says uh and he was saying that's jesus for this reason i have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the father so again we see a picture of god being the one who draws um being the one who um shows this grace and shows this mercy and and draws people to him and uh, John 10, 26 through 29, it says this, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me, which means people, no matter what people are God's to give or not to give period. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. That's very much a scripture that is directed at next week as well. But um, so the, this whole idea that, that God can be drawing someone to himself and they have the ability to at that point go, no, 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 this isn't for me um, is not is not a scriptural or biblical idea. It's an idea that puts man, again, a lot closer to God than, than we actually are. Um, and, and like you kind of said in the beginning, like if, if that's the God, that, that's a picture of God, then he's actually not that powerful. <laughs> no, he can be, that's the thing, he can be, he can, you can be like, no, <laughs> which is just laughing. Yeah. 
I mean, it's the sense that, and I think what we see here is that, uh, so me and somebody, one of the guys at church, we talk about this a lot. And when you're reading those verses, a lot of this comes out that there isn't, um, not only is there not a resistance to it, it's not, he's not even indicating that they're like, eh, maybe there's just not, but it's also, it's just like, now if he draws, you're going to come. It's this one way, like it's one way street. So we were talking about it. And I think if I remember right, I described it as like, I'm a moth and there's a light. Now there's obviously other things, there's other directions I could go, but I'm not even thinking about those other directions because I'm focused on that thing now. So and that's how a lot of it, when I mean, when I read these passages and think through this whole, this whole doctrine, it's not that I, you can't resist because you're not even thinking about resisting. If, if he's chosen you, if, if, if you're elected, if, if he's drawn you, I guess would be the, the most easy term for people to hear. If he's drawing you, you're not even thinking about resisting. That's not a thought in your head. It's not like, oh, there's something better than this God. It's that that's all I'm focused on. Now, you did make reference, and this is one of the verses, this is the part that I did contribute to the notes, was um, in Acts, because sometimes, because uh, as I was listening to a lot of videos and reading some research on this, one of the things that kept coming up was like, well, in Acts, for example, when Stephen's about to get stoned, he does say in Acts chapter 7, verse 51, it says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in the heart and ear, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. And they use that verse to say, well, look, I mean... It literally says you resist the Holy Spirit. Um, and a lot of that, I mean, that's the, I think that's the only verse. I don't know if there's any other verses you've heard. That's the only verse I heard that was primary to resisting, you know, God, God's God in any way. But the idea, I mean, again, he's talking to people that if we're, if we're lining it up against everything else we've already talked about, um, are, are doing so out of the nature that they have anyway. Um, and that they've, they've heard the message They're They've not accepted that message. So I don't put up. And again, just, there's my theory. You can poke holes in it all day if you want, but I don't see this as a definitive, Hey, you can resist God because of your will as much as just because everything's already put, been put before you. Um, you're, you're just not, you're not, you don't know who he is. And therefore, of course you're not responding to him, but. So if you look at the, the Bible as a whole picture, right? The Bible, uh, you and I would both agree, the Bible is a book filled with lots and lots of stories that are actually telling one major story. Um, the, the whole picture of, of the grace and redemptive plan of God from Genesis to Revelation, that's the Bible, right? Um, all of the Old Testament is just filled with this longing for Jesus to come. That it's filled with story after story after story after story of um, this is why we need Jesus to come. This is why, oh, someday, please, for the love of God, send us a redeemer, right? This is why sacrifices don't last very long because here we are again, and it was just a goat, right? Uh, I mean, this it's all just a big picture over and over and over and over again. God is using all of these stories to point to the perfect sacrifice, to point to the one and perfect redeemer that, that is to come, um, to point 
us to Jesus, right? And so when Jesus finally comes, it's like this major culmination, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God himself in the flesh incarnate is here. Wow, we've been waiting a long time for this, the perfect sacrifice, perfect prophet, perfect priest, perfect king, right? Um, the better all of those things. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Who is Stephen talking to there? Specifically at that point, he's talking to the leaders of the Jewish leaders, right? Um, and as your fathers did, so do you. So let me ask this question. Was it God's will and providence that caused um, all of those people in the past, their fathers, to resist the Holy Spirit? Um, when you look at the Bible as a whole story, if that wasn't God's will, if that wasn't part of God's redemptive plan, well, then he was not in control of much, right? And, and those, those fathers um, resisting the Holy Spirit or um, these people in this text resisting the Holy Spirit, what, however you want to phrase that, that's what Stephen said, that is actually exactly what God intended for them to be doing because it points to this need that we all have for the gospel and make no mistake, whoever would use this scripture to negate the fact that um, this irresistible grace idea, make no mistake that from the mouth of God incarnate himself, he says, all that the father gives me will come to me, which means if it seems like you're the Holy spirit is calling you and you're able to resist it, it simply means that God isn't, giving you to Jesus like that. That's the only outcome logically from both of these scriptures coming together. All that means is if I'm able to resist the Holy spirit, then God isn't calling me. I don't know how, how else to, no, no. Well, I don't know. I think those, those guys from back then, it was for a specific purpose to point us to Christ. So it was God's will. It was God's preordained um, purpose that caused them to resist um, him. <laughs> it was yeah. vessels for dishonorable use, right? Like yeah. that's the whole thing. So on that, so uh, touch on this a bit, and I don't have this in the notes because I was just thinking about when we were talking about it. But so in this whole thing and why I think I like, I, I, I like enjoy this doctrine so much is because of, 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 again, what we've talked about before is just how big God is in it, how, how much it shows that, you know, if he wants you, he's going to get you. If he's elected you, you like, you're his. Mm -hmm. And um, for some people, I, I talk to a lot of people often that wonder, hey, am I Christian? I mean, just that whole, that whole, a lot, all those questions that can come from that one question, basically. And a lot of the times when I do have these conversations, it's okay, well, do you feel like, you know, is there change in your life? Do you see that? Is there, you know, is there a definite old man, new man situation going on with you? Is there, you know, is there this desire to know more about who he is and what he's done? And if the answer is yes in that, look, it may be even the smallest thing for you, but he's like, we're talking about, he's drawing you in. There's, there's this, this, that you're chosen that he's drawing you in. Now we'll, again, we'll talk a little bit next week about the pre preservation of the saints and what that all working out looks like. But um, if, if, if he's drawing you in and you're not like we've talked about, you're, 
you see him for who he is, take hope in that. And I, the reason I say that is this, is because some people are like, well, I don't know if I'm saved or I don't know if, you know, if I see God's grace for all it is, or you're even questioning maybe this whole doctrine, if I can resist it or not, um, is, you know, are you being drawn? Do you feel that tug on your heart? Because if you are, um, he, he's, he's chosen you, he's bringing you to himself. And the reason I say that is this, is that um, in uh, the prison ministry we do, we have a lot of the, uh, the inmates there, the girls there, that are really, really early, and the guys there too, that are really, really early in their walk with, with Jesus. And there's a lot of these doctrines that they're, they don't, they don't, no one's ever told them about Tulip before. No one's ever told them about any of this. But there was a girl that uh, this last, this last time I was there, um, that was like, you know, she, she made mention, she goes, hey, uh, I was sitting in my cell, and this girl we had fights with before, you know, I said something offhand to her. And, you know, then all of a sudden, I was like, man, I really feel like I need to apologize to her for that, even though, you know, you know, I, I don't, nobody's going to tell me, I, you know, I have to, but she felt it. And her genuine question is, you know, is that the Holy Spirit working in me? Is that what, you know, is that God? And I, I was like, look, I, it looks like it is because before this, you wouldn't have done that before, you know, you know, you, you asking these questions and, you know, your life being this, you know, changed, you wouldn't have done that. And I bring that story in to say this is that um, just to demonstrate the fact that when God's calling us, maybe it's not super obvious to you. But if he's got a hold of you, he's going to get you, right? Even in the smallest way. So I wouldn't expect somebody like right away to just be like, oh, I'm God's. But it's a matter of that, like those little steps of you seeing that, basically, of saying, hey, my mind is different now before than it was before. And I know that's not hardly at all touches this doctrine. But for me, it does when we're talking about this, because it's a matter of if he's got you, it may be this really slow process but he's got you and he's going to bring you to himself so yeah yeah i i, I think the um the the idea of irresistible grace paints a, a really realistic and good picture and a high view of the gospel of the good news in and of itself of the you know the picture of grace that we have from god um if it's irresistible then um, it just is that good, right? It's not irresistible. Don't think of irresistible grace if you're listening to this. Don't think of it as um, this is uh, God standing or sitting on his big throne and, you know, using the force to draw you in or whatever. And like, you can't, that's not the picture that it's painting. It's like, this is so good that you, it's not that you can't resist it. It's like you said earlier, you don't even want to, you're not even thinking about it. Well, see, and that's why I think we were growing up and maybe I'm going to bet that you had this picture as well, just because we have very similar experiences. But whenever this was talked about, it was always talked about as God's not going to drag you into heaven kicking and screaming because, you know, you know, he's not going to do anything that against what, you know, he's not going to force you into anything. And that's how irresistible grace was always talked about. At least when I heard it, when it was being refuted was that, well, this is God forcing you to love him. Like this is him dragging you into heaven and telling him, yeah, you will love me. Um, and <laughs> I mean, it was, that's how it was pictured at least yeah. maybe. Yeah. Let, let's put it this way. 
if it wasn't pictured that way, it was definitely worded in such a way that that's how I took it. That's how I envisioned it. Um, which is obviously not it. It's the only thing you see. So of course you're going to go to it. It's not a matter of he's going to make you, I mean, there's not a bunch of mad people in heaven. Cause like, mm, I can't believe you saved me. Like, yeah. it's just like, that's, that's not, that's yeah. not it. It's that you just see how good he is. And you're like, okay, let's, let's it's, go. Like, it's not we, realistic. Like for me, the, uh, the idea, this is the idea. Okay. I think, I think when I, when I think about irresistible grace, it, it, um, very directly points me to um, like a synonym for this for me would be irresistible gospel. And it's only irresistible if you understand it, right? If you understand it and, and by the miraculous work of God, and that's the calling part, that's the part where he's, he's drawing you to Christ, that this idea that um, God is holy, he's so big, he's so beyond me, he's so perfect, and yet here I am in active rebellion against him all the time, doing whatever I want to do, satisfying me, and even though that's true of me, and even though this is true of him, even though those things, he sent Christ, um, not, not even, that wasn't even right. He sent Christ all the way down because I'm not even reaching up. I'm not even looking for God. I'm not seeking after him. I'm seeking after whatever will satisfy me, whatever I think will satisfy me. Um, and, and God sent Christ and, and did what he did, died on the cross, lived a life I couldn't live, died a death I deserved, rose from the grave and conquered Satan, conquered sin, conquered death so that I could live eternally with him so that I could be a part of his kingdom, so that I'm saved, right? Undeservedly, I'm totally depraved, and now I'm a Christian. Now I'm saved. Now I've been drawn to Christ. If you want to resist that, or if you think you can, well, that means that you either have, you, you don't believe that you're totally depraved, you have a higher view of man, or you have a lower view of God, or most likely both, right? Maybe you're not equal right here, but you're pretty stinking close, right? And um, I just think if we have an accurate picture of God in the Bible, we have an accurate picture of us in the Bible, and when we actually begin to believe those things and then see the gospel for what it is, see what Christ did for what it is, of course it's irresistible. It's only resistible if I don't truly get who I am. Uh, without him and it's only irresistible if I don't truly get how holy he is and therefore how bad I am without the gospel if I get those two things it's not hard to paint this picture that this is irresistible so thanks for coming to church today at <laughs> Sorry. You just dropped the gospel on you which I'm, I'm hoping you already heard but if not that was a very clear uh, you know accurate portrayal there so if you'd like to come forward, Rob, could you play the piano? We're going to have an altar call. Uh, here we go. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, exactly. So um, I don't really have anything to add to that. I mean, that, that, I think that summed it up really well. If you understand the gospel, you're going to be drawn by grace because of, his, because of his election toward you to open your mind to do that and to see that and to be able to pursue that. So yeah. I got 
that I think this is one of the many episodes that you've just preached real hard, and I'm like, I'm done. I got nothing else. <laughs> I don't. Well, now, now my microphone is uh, on my MacBook, so if I drop the mic, it really will cost me a lot of money. So, yeah, don't do that. I'm not gonna do that. Don't do that. All right, all right. You got anything else here, buddy? I don't think so. All right. Well, in that case, thank you for being unable to resist listening to this podcast. And <laughs> next week, we are going to keep you uh, by preserving you and by you listening. So next week, we're going to be talking about preservation, preservation of the saints. I almost didn't say that. Um, so I'll talk to you next time. Later.